The podcast you are listening to is part of the Between the Lines Studios Network. To find more great podcasts, please visit www.betweenthelinestudios.com. Podcast, and I am here with the very lovely Naomi Starziak. Hello. Uh, and we're going to be talking about season one, episode two, while you were sleeping. Um, but before we get into that, I wanted to talk about the fact that there was no elementary this last week because of vice presidential debates. And I have a link in the show notes about all of that, but uh, elementary was not the only show that got preempted. Uh, Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, Person of Interest, The Office, Parks and Recreation, and The Rock Center with Brian Williams and Glee were all preempted because of this debate. And there's a whole generation of new voters who are just not going to vote simply because of the fact that Glee (laughs) Yeah, they're like, what? I hate both sides. I'm never voting again. Uh, Also, Elementary uh, did fairly well this year, or this year, this, this episode in the ratings. Again, I have the link for all of the information, but it snagged 11.2 million viewers and had a 2.6 uh, rating in the adults 18 to 49 demographic, which is like the like the one that advertisers go after. So it was down from about 16% from last week, but it still won the 10 p.m. slot. It had the most viewers. So that was good news. And it's really funny to think it only had 11.2 million viewers. Only. Only. Uh, and the DVR ratings have been really good for it, too. And it's not really clear how DVR rating numbers affect a show's viability. But uh, I thought it was interesting. I have the link for the whole thing. But DVR people seem to add, uh, they added about 3 million more viewers to the pilot episode of Elementary. So that was a lot of DVR. Yeah. I... I actually um, was a Nielsen household mm. for a week, like two years ago, and it was really interesting. They sent you this little booklet, and you had to fill in, you know, who was watching, how, how many people were in your house, what their ages were, and then you went through and you filled out who, when the TV was on and who was watching, or and they even had a thing for like TV was on and no one was watching. But they also ha- had that spot for DVR. Mm. And so it was like, that was really, I mean, I know for us, a lot of the things was, yes, I am DVR. I, I watched the DVR of this. And so you also had to set down as to when that program um, originally aired. Oh. So that's, it's it's not quite as instantaneous as the people with the, the boxes. But yeah, those they, they do get those numbers in. So it's. As long as the people sit down and remember to fill out their little booklets. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really interesting. DVRs are becoming more and more prevalent. I still don't have one. And I know a lot of people don't have one, you know, as far as people who have a TV. But just the fact that it added 3 million viewers is amazing to me. It's kind of mind-blowing. Well, I think, and this is just something that I've heard a couple of real-life stories, but... 
the cable stations are cable providers rather are pushing the DVR boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was a, a friend of mine whose aunt and uncle don't have the box, mm-hmm. and their their cable provider is really pressuring them to get it. Wow, she's like they okay. So there's 17 channels that they don't get that they would get with the box. But right now, just plugging directly into the back of their television, they're getting high-definition channels. They're getting all sorts of other stuff. Mm-hmm. But the providers really want people to have DVR boxes. I'm just like, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, with that 3 million, it added 1.1 points to that whole you know adults rating thing, which is huge. It'll be interesting to see if advertisers like that number because often in DVRs, you just fast forward through the commercials. So I don't know if that uh, adds to... Yeah, well, I know that uh, for this week, I actually watched it not on DVR. Something happened and it didn't record, but I picked it up on the on-demand channel. Mm. So I don't know how they're figuring people who are watching on-demand. Yeah, And I know that if watch on demand depending on the the channel and what they have set up but generally in that first week of airing um you can't fast forward through the commercials oh, yeah so that's something that it might be a little bit more convenient for people even to just go to the on demand uh and you're st- that way the advertisers are still getting their their ads shown and yeah. people are seeing the show when they want to yeah i watched it on cbs.com because i was out thursday night and um yeah, and those ones you have to watch. And CBS's station, you have to watch the little ads that come in between. Uh, and they're really actually pretty innovative because it, it changes the screen. And there's like a little video and then there's like the, the call to action, whatever it is. So, so it's kind of interesting to watch it that way. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. I don't know. I don't know how if you're, you know, if you're a TV exec and you can explain all that to us, you should because people want to know. <laughs> Does, does me watching it online help anything uh, other than giving you some more ad money? The episode was While You Were Sleeping, obviously a reference to the romantic comedy with Sandra Bullock, though it's totally a different story. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different. Yes. But, you know, they both have a coma in them. Yep. Uh, and I was, I was watching and I was like, immediately I was like, oh, all the things that I wanted in this in elementary came in this episode you must have been listening to me (laughs) (laughs) and can i just take a second to say how cool the opening credits were i know right i was going to talk about that i love just those you know multi-function machines that take 17 steps to do one simple thing right I, i just love them i always have i was really surprised because i was expecting something a little more modern and to me, the opening felt a little more antiquated, but I liked it. I loved it. I was very excited, um, especially since it reminded me of Basil of Baker Street, who yes. had one of those in there. And I was just like, oh, yay. So I was pleasantly surprised because that wasn't in the pilot, and I like it. I like it a lot. But I also think that with the, the way the marble was rolling at the very, very end of, this, of the sequence, right before they end the title card, um, was very sort sort of like a, a callback mm-hmm. to the very first episode where he rolled the marble across the floor. Yes, yes. So I was just like, oh, that works on so many levels. <laughs> People yeah. who do this were smart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 
And I, I was going to talk about that a little bit because I was reading some of the reviews online uh, and there's a lot of people who are like, okay, this isn't Sherlock, this is House. And I was like... That's Which was Sherlock, mm-hmm. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, House's character lives at 221B. I mean, it's he's definitely... A, it's a Holmes and Watson relationship with House and Wilson and... You know, there's very some very intentional things there, but yeah, I, I I think that if you compare this to House, you're going to be much more happier person than comparing it to Sherlock because yep. it's a whole different animal with Sherlock. And um, so yeah, the the people have been very clever, and they're like, you know, this is more than just a procedural, and I think this episode really proved it. This is more than a procedural. This is about these two characters, just like House is more than just a medical procedural. It's about House and Wilson and, and how crazy they are <laughs> as characters. Uh, but I really enjoyed this episode. I mean, all the things that I wanted. I wanted more science stuff, and I got that in this episode. I wanted um, I wanted more references, and we got this in the episode. In fact, the, the Sherlock Holmes reference in here from the original stories is the whole attic thing, thinking of his brain as an attic. And it kind of gave the structure to this episode everything kind of revolved around that that theory that he had and Watson trying to disprove it <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting yeah uh, if you don't know the the attic theory comes from studying Scarlet uh, and in the story the original story Holmes and Watson are talking and Watson gets frustrated because Holmes doesn't know if the sun goes around the earth or vice versa and he gets really frustrated. It's like, everybody knows that. Elementary school kids know that. And, and Holmes says, no, I think of my brain as an attic. And if you clutter it up, you can't get to the information that you want. Uh, and so then we had it again here in elementary. And I thought that was really clever. I like the uh, water, grabbing the water glass. and Oh, with the oil. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was so clever. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's so Holmes, too. It gave, it gave you that moment of he doesn't really care what the lady thinks he's, of what he's doing. <laughs> Nice to show off this experiment. Mm-hmm. Yep. I also really loved some of the small moments of this of this episode were some of my favorites, like Watson finding the picture of the Amar. You know, things like that that show. Yes. She's not just here to be pretty, or you know, to be dumb like some of the Watsons in the past have been. She's actually very clever. Yep. I thought that was really cool. And even, I mean, even with the first episode, they showed us that she. She's the surgeon. Yes, she's smart. Mm-hmm. But this is still someone who is can, can apply that that same intelligence to another situation. Right. And this was something that the police missed. Yeah, he's her picture. And any one of you could have seen this. Mm-hmm. But I, I did like the fact of when Sherlock was going off about the the scent of the, the deodorant on the chair. And he was saying, and of course it wasn't any of your people because this is an active crime scene right. and you, you all just know not to do that. Right. I was, yes, yes, thank you. Of course, they all know not to do that. Yeah, yeah. the police are still smart. They're still intelligent. They're just a different kind of intelligence from Holmes, you know. And I thought I, thought I liked the inclusion of um, Detective Bell. I thought that was a fun name since... Uh, Dr. Bell is who Doyle fashioned Sherlock Holmes after. This is one of his professors and this guy who could tell people's professions by their body. Um, and so I thought that was a fun naming little Easter egg to have a Detective Bell. 
And some people thought that, that Gregson had gotten replaced, but that's how the Sherlock Holmes stories goes. There's Lestrade, there's Grayson, there's all of these other detectives that Holmes interacts with. So I was, I was happy about that. Because it seems kind of dumb to just, you know, always talk to the same detective in, when you, especially in New York or something like that, where there's hundreds of homicide detectives. Yeah, and I mean, if, even if one gets, hey, I've got this consultant who is amazing, he's going to talk about that. And other people are going to say, hey, where's that consultant you talked about? Right. I need him. So. And I liked that the the case of the week kind of had a life of its own in this episode. I know the pilot's always exposition, 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 but this one seemed more forefront and more fun. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was more than just so, so-and-so shot so-and-so and we have to catch them. You know, it had a lot of twists and turns, and I like that a lot. Yeah, I definitely, from, from the idea of trying to solve the case before the end of the show, um, it was... I mean, they came through with the idea of, well, she's in a coma, mm-hmm. so he must have seen someone who looked like her. And she has a twin. Obviously, she has a twin, and it's the twin who's doing this. And then he finds the book, and it's a twin. Like, yes! And, but then, oh, it's a fraternal twin. Oh, okay. Well, she still could do... And, and I, I'm, I'm just like right there, right before they were revealing it, and it was just... Oh, I, I, it, it pulled me in and pulled me along. I loved the pacing of that, of, of the reveal of the, the different clues. And yeah. It was just great. And I think the fun thing about that was Holmes was right from the get-go. But we're fooled into believing he's wrong about her being in a coma mm-hmm. and faking it. And, and that was just delicious because at the end he's like, oh, Holmes was right the whole time. Uh, some of my other favorite little bits were the violin. Yes. Uh, the whole, you know, the, again, that's just pulling back to the original source stories. Holmes is a violin player. Uh, but I like that he was kind of resistant to it just because I think it more because Watson wanted him to be playing the violin for therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he burns it. <laughs> I, and it's also, you know, the wheels turning in the back of my mind for the larger, um, mystery behind why did he get to this point? Why was he in rehab? All of this. I mean, there was definitely that moment at the beginning of the episode where um, Watson confronted him about what he, you know, you, you told Gregson that you were in London when you were actually in rehab, and he just had that moment of pure panic. Even though it was a controlled panic, it was still you can't, and if you tell him, I'll sue, and you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that there was, I don't know what it is, I don't know what it's going to be, I hope that, that it's going to be worth all of this waiting and, and thinking that all the fans are putting into it. Right. But, but just that sort of disconnect of, no, that was something that I did before whatever uh, happened, and that wasn't something I was planning on having in this new section while I'm conquering whatever large mystery I'm working on. Right. So that was, that's sort of how I felt it. Yeah. And I, I hope that it does go back. Like, even if it doesn't, if this particular piece doesn't go back to that, um, I do hope that there's something bigger. Like we said last time, there's something bigger going on because 
especially in this episode, they hint more at Watson's backstory too. And it's like, I hope this is more than just she lost a patient because it's so deep emotionally wise. You can tell for her. And it's like, well, a lot of people lose a patient. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is definitely something that she would be trained for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of becoming a midwife. And one of the things, uh, one of the prerequisites for enrolling in the school was that I take a neonatal resuscitation class. Mm-hmm. And so this is, you know, CPR on immediately newborn babies within the first couple of days. And they actually spent a large portion of the class going over the idea of when don't you resuscitate? Mm. When do you look at the situation and say it would actually be worse if you tried to resuscitate? When do you stop resuscitation? Mm. So that would be, I mean, especially for a doctor in a hospital setting, this would be something that would be, you know, drilled into them through their whole training through all of the time that they're working in the hospital so it, it, it is almost something that you're training yourself for the idea of yes patients die sometimes we just can't save everyone right. so just the fact that she lost a patient and, and she quit her job that it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. the other small detail that I liked was uh, Holmes picking locks during the, you know, the talking scenes. <laughs> yes. I, I loved, I, I don't know, it, it was only like briefly flashing at the side of the screen, but he had like this whole wall mm-hmm. of locks. And I just, I was like, that is awesome. Just this big wall of locks. And, oh, I'm going to pick this one right now. Yeah. And that's fascinating. Because, mm-hmm. you know, from a, from a Sherlock perspective, I love it because that's something that we talked about last time that he does. He's like, he has to be an expert in all of these different things. And he, the fact that he's sitting there practicing picking locks is great. Also, from a TV watching perspective, uh, part of my, my chagrin with the first episode was it was a lot of talking. A lot of characters just standing around talking. And when you get them to do something while they're talking, it's a lot less exposition heavy and it feels more genuine yep. because that's how people do it. You know, I, I'm cleaning dishes and I'm talking to you. Um, so that was a, that was a good touch. I really loved it. And it was like all these little tiny, small moments added up to making this a really great episode. I have to say, I like the bit where j- just where she said, you know, the coffee's ready and he just held out his mug. Yes. And he did say, thank you. Thank you. Yes. And she just looked at him and I was like, that's yes, that's it. You don't even, you, you didn't even need to have that next little button dialogue. Just that look conveyed mm-hmm. everything. All she had to do was just set it down and walk away. I, I was kind of sad that she's like, it's here if you want it. And I was like, just set it down and walk away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was really fun. And I, I like the, we still have, and Lucy Lou is, is playing this to perfection. She still has the, the, the mix of, I'm disgusted with how crazy you are. And I respect it. And I think that's a really hard line to mm-hmm. to pull, but she's doing it really, really well. Yeah. And I, I mean, I keep wondering at the idea of, because obviously this is not her first um, companionship situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from so the conversation what, with the ex. We what, get... were the other, what were the other clients like that mm-hmm. she was dealing with? How, you know, how was, is she looking at the idea of the average 
um, sort of relationship and how is how is Holmes twisting that for her? Right. So that's another thing that I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that somewhere along the line we'll get to see a case that puts us into one of Joan's former clients. Yeah, that'd be great. Especially if it has that tension of because of that, you know, she's she has to, to really play with not telling the police about her relationship with Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to be a very interesting, interesting conflict. I also liked, in, in, as far as this whole addiction thing is, I also liked the group therapy sessions. Hilarious. Yep. <laughs> Just that whole, I, he's zoning himself out and he doesn't really want to be there and she really wants him to engage and... It's just, it's fascinating and funny at the same time. And, I mean, another thing is how many, how many AA meetings has Joan been to in mm-hmm. the city? I mean, she probably knows people at every once. So it's like, is this, I, 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 mean, I think it's fascinating because she really did seem into the, the therapy side of it. Yeah. So I don't know if this is also something that's, again, helping towards whatever she went through. This is a way her to, to to sort of work through that without actually you know tell, telling people that she's working through it right yeah it was just it was a really fun episode and i think i think that if the writers can keep up this level of humor like it doesn't have to be all the time but there was some just some great comedy moments and if they can keep that up this is going to be an amazing show to keep watching because you're in you're invested in the characters relationship you're invested in the the funny and you're invested in this twisty turny mystery show mm-hmm. so i i really enjoyed this episode a lot it it, it calmed some of my fears <laughs> i'll put it that way oh and the ex-boyfriend was really interesting the whole yes and sherlock getting involved and <laughs> <laughs> in his deductions about you know last time she got laid were really funny uh, but I just I love the idea that oh there was a study that was done on the idea of the gate of women depicting that I'm just like yeah I I could see that completely getting funded I I just look at some of the articles that come through my email and it's like yeah there's just insane things out there that deal with it, it, you just say oh it's for reproductive health and you can get anything funded. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, one thing that just stood out to me was, I, I understand that the armoire that was stolen by the neighbor was expensive. It just seemed really weird that a single guy had that armoire in his house. Is, am I the only person who thinks that's really... I don't, it looked very girly. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think it was odd that he had it in his house. Mm-hmm. I thought it was odd that that's what the neighbor stole. Yeah. I mean, okay, you, yeah, I'm, I'm someone looking to, to set up house. I need a place to store my crap, the shelves, and, and doors that I can close. Okay, yep, he's got the armoire. That, that the neighbor would go and look at it and say, oh, that's an antique. I'm going to steal that. Right. I mean, maybe, maybe the neighbor was a... a an antique collector sits at home, watches Antique Road Show every night. <laughs> but that just seemed really odd that that was what got stolen. Like, I know it's an antique, and I can get money for it. Especially like, because it was so heavy and hard to move. Like, 
This guy got shot. I'm pretty sure the police are coming. Let me move this big, huge thing. Let me move this big, huge thing by myself. I mean, it made for great deductions and great, great mystery solving, but <laughs> it was just like, I, I, I would take the TV. Yep. I would take money. I mean. Or, or maybe it was the fact that it was simply the thing that was right next to the door. Maybe. I mean, he did take his but, wallet. Yep. That just seemed, it, it did odd to me. Yeah. Uh, I did like we had a little bit of blood spatter analysis on that scene too i have mm-hmm. to admit uh just because it reminds me of dexter it makes me happy because that's what dexter does i've i've never seen it oh you so. have to watch dexter oh, me. <laughs> it's the darker side of crime let's just say that way and i also loved that we had a lot of locations in this episode a lot of times with procedurals you only go to like three or four places uh, but we had a lot of different settings because we had the apartment we had the police station we had the interrogation room we had the place where the sister worked, we had the hospital. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of scenes, a uh, lot of setups. So, and I was like, wasn't there almost three different places where, in the sister's office that we ended up seeing? Right. Yeah. That was, it wasn't just, oh, we're going to her office, right. but we're. Oh, and the PR, the private eyes office yep. too. And oh my gosh, that's a lot of, that's a lot of setups. The, you know, the producer in my head is like, wow, that was a lot of work. <laughs> you get all the actors and camera people there. Oh. Well, I've I've been watching um, Hot Set on the Sci-Fi Channel, so the, the competition to build the best set, and I'm just like, wow, look at that! Look at the plants they have. I'm noticing all of these details now, mm-hmm. just from purely that thing. Yes, Gregor Wanowitz, the Guild. <laughs> the PI thing was interesting too, with the the drugs. Yep. And Holmes knowing, and the fact that he like pulled him aside instead of just outright blurted it out in front of everybody. I thought that was really interesting too. Very, well, it, it's very smart mm-hmm. because you're, you're getting the information that you need now and there's always a chance that you might run into this guy again. Right. And, you know, it's better to, to have that ace in your pocket instead of burning through it. Yeah. And that that just that goes back to the original Holmes too. There's lots of times that Holmes let the criminal go, and because he he perceived it as justified or you know something that the law couldn't answer correctly in the way he wanted it to be. So that was a fun little and, nod to the original character. Yep, and because I mean, it, it is the idea of that sort of like you said at the beginning. I don't need a warrant. I'm not a police officer. Mm-hmm. He's not going to bust this guy because he's not a police officer. And it is sort of that morally gray area. Mm-hmm. It is, or at least is pretending to be a former drug addict. Mm-hmm. How could he, you know, where would he get the, the moral high ground to condemn someone else right. for doing drugs? Right. So it's, you know, especially it's with, that. Especially with the idea that he's he's doing it to do his job, like... I think that's more, you know, it's you know, you have that that more gray area. Not that he's just doing it and he's an addict. That he's doing it because he wanted to stay awake, <laughs> do his job. Yep. Which is something that I can see Holmes respecting immensely. Mm-hmm. You need to you need to finish this, and yeah, I mean, how many people do that with coffee? Right. I wanted to mention this because I was reading it when it, when the reviews that I was I was reading. Um, with uh, Wired's Underwire, which is their TV blog. Uh, one of the writers did not like elementary, but she one of her 
problems with it before she watched it was Lucy Liu, and it was one of my problems too, not because Lucy Liu isn't a fantastic actress, but and not because she's female, but because you just didn't see it. And she said, you know, Lou is wonderful. She's understated, she's intense, and she's got that whole, like I said, the whole disgust and respect thing line going on. And yep. she she really is one of the turnaround points for me of this, this show. Like, she makes this show amazing. And same with, and I just blanked on his name, <laughs> same with Donnie <laughs> Lee Miller. I think he makes Holmes come alive. And she, on the other hand, thinks Johnny Mil- Lee Miller is too sexy, <laughs> which I thought was Wait, funny. What? What? <laughs> what? He's too no. pretty and has too much sex appeal for Holmes, <sighs> is what she said. You know, and I think part of that was the whole he had sex with that goth girl in the first episode. Oh, which I'm sorry. <laughs> I still think was a bad choice. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> But the fact that that Johnny Lee Miller is too pretty. No, I'm sorry, I can't accept that. There's no world that I can accept that in. And I think that's why no they. What. I think that's why they grunge him up a little bit for for Holmes. Because he is he is pretty. But in this, you know, he's he's wearing the t-shirts. He's wearing the, you know, he looks a little more grungy. Uh. Apparently, Karina, I think it's her name, uh, she broke Naomi's brain. (laughs) Yes, that's just, I mean, he's too too pretty to play Sherlock Holmes. Oh, that's just, no. No, no, no. I'm going to have to find this woman and and talk to her. (laughs) Well, I mean, Holmes classically wasn't very pretty. Uh, The descriptions from the original stories were not that pretty, but... Yeah, except... Okay. No, I, I I could go off on a rant for this, and then we'd have like a triple long episode but i, I will it's, <laughs> what lit raises i know a lot of people myself included are not huge procedural fans like we like procedurals but we're not thinking of it as great television like you know, on the top of my list isn't csi and law and order and all those things but i think what raises this above the procedural level is their acting and their characters and those character moments i think that brings it way beyond and I was thinking about this when I was watching um, CSI New York because one of the main characters had this big trauma and now he's back and he's everything's fine. And the character's like, well, I'm worried about him. Da, da, da. But it's like, but he's fine. <laughs> like, he, there's, no, there's no moment where you're like, oh, no, he's broken or he's vulnerable or anything like that in the episode when they're like talking about it. But in this, in this series, I think you can see that. You can see yeah. that they're both broken. You can see that they're both struggling with something. Uh, and it's not a big, huge, you know, now I'm going to break down and cry in the shower moment. <laughs> <laughs> but it's there. And I think that's what raises it just above. Yeah. All right. So we have a spoiler. And so if you don't want to be spoiled, please go away. Yeah. <laughs> we like you, but... But go away. Yes. So it's it's only a casting spoiler. So if you're there's like different degrees of people's spoiler level. So if you're yep. fine with casting for a future episode, stay with us. If you don't want to be spoiled on anything, go away. Uh, and now that I've completely told everybody, don't write us angry emails and say, Oh, you didn't tell me there was a spoiler. Yes, we did for like ten seconds. Um, <laughs> spoiler, 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 spoiler. Anyway. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Naomi, what's our spoiler? 
our spoiler is that Lisa Edelston from House is going to be a guest star in episode number seven. This was first reported by TV Line, and the House alum will be playing Heather Vanowen, a CEO of a high-end PR consulting firm who crossed paths with home after her company was apparently the target of the bombing. I am so excited because I love Lisa Edelston, and you know her character is going to be snarky and awesome. And I love the idea of a high-end PR CEO, powerful woman, bumping in with homes. And so there's there's so many ways that this can go, especially because they have that apparently the target of a bombing. So it's like, okay, is is this really just a woman who my office, you know, my, 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 my firm went through all this, I need to get back in line and, and get going right away, and why are you around here, and why are you investigating, we just need to go, 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 or is it going to be sort of a twist where it's like, this is the, the trope of the PR consultant, anything to get publicity, and oh, it was apparently that this place was bombed, but now they're getting all this publicity, and everyone wants them because, oh, for them, so it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. One word can do to to internet fans. Like, oh, there's so many options. <laughs> yes, and that's the fun thing about spoilers like this. Like, it, it brings up like I don't understand why some people don't like spoilers like casting ones because it brings up so many like oh what about this and what about that <laughs> and what about that and I love that as a fan I love trying to decide like I. We were talking about um, Dr. Horrible because Dr. Horrible just appeared on the CW. And I was tweeting all of my thoughts and remembering things from that time. And I was like, oh, I remembered. There was like a fanfic for Dr. Horrible before the show even came out. All we had was like a log line of what the show was going to be about. And I was just like, I love that. That I wrote, yep, I I wrote a a one-shot fanfic. In between, in the day between episode one and episode two, air. Mm-hmm. Yep. There was and it was like, it, it was all based on the idea that Penny looked nervous when when he said "bad horse," and so it was the story about how Penny was actually Bad Horse's daughter. <laughs> and then episode two came out, and it was just like, "Yep, yeah, that's completely just tossed." Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so fun. I I love this. Um, so that that's for me, especially with the live fandom something that's going on right now it's just like i love speculating and predicting and things like that but not everybody does and that's okay yeah and there's it i mean i'm one of those people it's sort of strange because for some shows i'm just like nah i don't care other times i'll get the hint that there's a plot line coming up Mm -hmm. that i get really excited about and then i don't want to hear anything else because oh my god i'm so excited about this plot line I don't want to to get myself worked up and then be disappointed yes. or whatever. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna put my blinders on until that episode is over with, and then I'll, I'll go back to reading everything. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's it's you know like you said, varying degrees of of spoiler sensitivity. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's it for us. We'll be back next time with episode three, and until then, make your own coffee. bye everybody bye grr gah yay me